0: Okay, folks. Paul here from the House of Graber, coming to you on the 28th day of January, 2024, and this is known as the Memoirs of a Farmer Boy platform, the platform where we talk about real life experiences of today concerning Revelation 18.4, and I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. My goal on this platform and, and this uh, podcast here is to share things that possibly can bring your journey out of corporate into private a little more into focus and to help you along the way. And everything that we bring forth here, all the material on the platform of the memoirs of a farmer boy, everything that we do at the House of Graber, is subject to and protected by the laws of nature, otherwise known as the Ecclesia Court, otherwise known as the Courts of Heaven, the highest court in the universe. This material is also protected by and subject to the private registered copyright of the House of Graber. Now, this is true regardless whether you're listening to this uh, audio, video, printed or expressly written or uh, otherwise. Whatever kind of ongoings we have here, it is protected and subject to these laws wherever it goes. No matter if you copy it and take it somewhere else, and even if you try to make it look like it came from another source, I'm, that doesn't really matter. It is still subject to the original jurisdiction known as the courts of heaven and protected thereby, as is everything we do here at the House of Graver. So today's message is. Knowing versus believing. Knowing versus believing. In this journey of coming out of Babylon, in this journey of living in the kingdom of heaven versus the worldly kingdom, it has been my experience that believing something and knowing it are two different things. Now, this man known as Yeshua, Yeshua HaMashiach, or Christ the Messiah, or as some people know him as Jesus, Um I think there's some discrepancy on what what he was actually called by what we are called by and what is a name are are two different things because in uh Isaiah it tells us that and his name shall be called prince of peace um uh, etc so so this man known as uh Christ or Yeshua, the Messiah, he said to the lawyers or attorneys, as we would know them nowadays, Woe unto you, lawyers. What does woe mean? Woe means um, your toast you are toast there is no grace for you you're condemned woe unto you lawyers for you have taken away the key of knowledge see he didn't say for you have for ye have taken away the key of belief he said ye have taken away the key of knowledge ye have sorry ye entered not in yourselves and them that were entering in, ye hindered. And as he said these things unto them, the scribes and the parashim, or Pharisees, began to urge him vehemently, and to provoke him to speak of many things, laying wait for him and seeking to catch something out of his mouth that they might accuse him. Now, I'm going to go back a little bit earlier in this same chapter, Luke 11. He was talking to the Pharisees. See, he never tried to make peace with the enemy, he recognized the Spirit, he talked to the Spirit that was operating at the time. It doesn't matter if it was his own disciples, his apostles, his own people, or if it was one of the corrupt Pharisees or lawyers or priests or whoever it was, it didn't matter. He, when Christ spoke, he addressed the spirit that was in, you know, in his presence. Then answered one of the lawyers and said unto him, Rabbi, thus saying, ye reproach us also. By saying what you did, you also stepped on our toes. And he said, woe unto you also, ye lawyers, for ye laid men with burdens grievous to be born, and ye yourselves touch not the burdens with one of your fingers. Kind of sounds like what's still going on today. Woe unto you, for ye build the sepulchers of the prophets, and your fathers killed them. Truly ye bear witness that ye allow the deeds of your fathers, for they indeed killed them, and ye build their sepulchres. Therefore also said the wisdom of Elohim, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they shall slay and persecute, that the blood of the prophets which is shed from the foundation of the world may be required of this nation. From the blood of Haval. Unto the blood of Zachariah, Zachariah, which perished between the altar and the temple, truly I say unto you, it shall be required of this nation. And then he goes on to say, Woe unto you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key knowledge. Indeed, they have. They have hidden things. And I must say, in their defense, the only reason they were able to hide things is because people line their, they, people buy, sorry about that. The only reason they're able to hide things is because people buy their line. They buy the goods that these attorneys and lawyers shove at them. They believe the lie. And when, When people believe the lie, it becomes a truth within the one who believes it. But what is the difference between knowing and believing? Well, we can believe that the earth is a ball spinning through space at a gazillion miles an hour or whatever they've tried to tell us. Or we can believe the earth is flat. You know, nobody can tell us what to believe. Or they can tell us, but we don't have to believe it. But do we know? Do we really know? Christ said that when we see the little green buds coming in the spring, um, the wind, the southern wind comes in and it starts to... Um, Thaw and the buds show up, we know, then we know that spring is nigh. And I believe in uh, one of Paul's letters, he said, and we know that all things work together, etc." and we know. He didn't say, and we believe. It's a known thing that all things work for good etc for them that um oh, I can't quote it but if I'm if I'm recalling that beginning correctly he says and we know so the uh the question that comes up a lot That I've heard again and again in my journey of um, living in the private and keeping our own records, doing our own administrative work, taking care of our own affairs, which, by the way, is a responsibility that will come upon us if we really choose to be free. The freedom comes with responsibility and things that get to be taken care of, like keeping our own records, um, tending our own affairs, instead of running to some attorney that was condemned by Christ. Woe unto you, he said. And he was talking to all of them. Woe unto you lawyers. He didn't say just the one that was standing in front of them, in front of him, so that responsibility comes with. And so the question that comes up is, where's the enforcement? Where's the enforcement? See, this is the difference between knowing and believing. We can believe all we want, but if if we're asking the question, well, where's the enforcement? Who's going to enforce this? Then we really don't know, do we? Like before before I knew how to ride a bicycle, before I could keep the balance and, you know, go at least as far as from the uh, you know, our house out to the road without, you know, flopping on my side, I believed that I could, if I kept kept at it, And I, I already knew that other people rode bicycles because I saw my, you know, grownups. I saw my older siblings riding bicycle. So I know that it's a thing that can be done. I hadn't done it yet, but I believed I could. Otherwise I probably wouldn't have practiced and taken one spill after the other because I kept, um, You know, I'd get to the top of the little, there's a little slight grade down the driveway to the road and not, not much, just enough so you could coast. And then there was another, uh, you know, a little bit higher rise up into the yard. So I would, I would start off going into the, and of course the, the driveway being gravel, um, was a pretty, uh, a pretty hefty motivation to stay upright you know, because whenever I took a spill, it was on the gravel. (laughs) So I believed that I could. And after so many tries, you know, and I coasted a little ways, you know, Hey, I went, I went 10 feet upright. Wow. You know? And, and then I kept going, you know, I, I'd fall down a few more times and, and I kept going and I kept going. And and after some time I could go, you know, it was still a little bit dangerous. Like I couldn't, um, I couldn't maneuver with a lot of ease, but now I could go all the way to the road. I could go, I could circle around and come back. I could actually come uphill and stop and put my foot on the ground. And I was still sitting on the bicycle. Now I know, now I know that I can do what I can do. And, you know, since that time, um, as I practiced and watched my older brothers, I I also learned how to ride a bicycle backwards. I would sit on the handlebars and pedal backwards and, you know, I would go uh, miles on the road, you know, out in the country, obviously, but um, I have done that, so I know I can. There's, like, there's nothing about believing. It's a knowing. But what is it that causes you to know when you don't actually physically see it, but you know? because um faith you know um there's a um there's a guy I read his books I can't um can't think right now but uh he's got he's an evangelist he's got a radio show he said we don't have a faith problem we have a knowledge problem and i agree with him What is the difference between knowing and believing? It's a little, it's a little bitty fraction of an inch, like a half inch or less that, you know, I I don't, I've never really been involved in horse racing or even been there to watch for that matter. But From what I understand, you know, that the the difference between the first place horse and the second place can be uh, very significant, like a million dollars or more. But if you saw those two horses prior to the race standing side by side and you don't know anything about their bloodlines, you don't know anything about their history. You've never seen the horses before. You just walk up and you look at them. You can walk around them and look at them. Before the race, how do you know which one is going to be first place and which one is going to be second place? I don't. I suppose it'd be pretty hard to tell the difference at that point. Not having any knowledge of um, bloodlines or history or. And even if you had some of that knowledge, it might still be uh, tough. The difference between knowing when you haven't physically seen, you know, with your physical eyes, that there's a higher power that protects us, that we have the authority to walk in integrity and be in honor regardless of what the cost is. Because I'm going to tell you something, the cost of being an honor is a huge reward. Even though sometimes short term, it it seems like it would be easier to tell a little white lie, you know, because we just can't believe that that, uh, being this honest all the time would be required, like, man, you mean I gotta, like, do this this way, but what about, what about this big scary thing? If you're willing to be in dishonor because of some scary thing that hasn't happened yet, then I'm going to tell you that uh, from my own experience and watching other people that the uh the thing that is scaring you is on the inside of you because you haven't gotten to the place of knowing there is a there is a thing that it's called a knowingness like there's been there's been a lot of situations where um, in an administrative process um documents I get or answers that I that I see or or things that I don't get or or uh subtle subtle energy shifts or you know, just things that might go unnoticed by a lot of people but but i'm keyed into it because that's where my focus is and that's what i've been working on and you know it's not any different than uh you know our oldest son is into water skiing he he could obviously tell you things that go on on the water uh and and around that arena that i have no clue i can watch it all day long and i love watching them and it's it's amazing what they do but i don't know the the intricate little things that can make the difference between a a successful pyramid or a successful jump, somersault, or helicopter, whatever it is, or not. I can't tell you that because I don't know. I don't have that knowingness. I know they do it, but I don't know because I'm not into it when it comes to doing administrative processes and knowing the authority that I hold as one of God's family, one of the family of the Almighty Creator, I know. I know that I know that I know. And there's some things we don't know that we don't know. But I know that I have the authority to administer my own affairs and to administer the affairs for my house i know that and the uh, the corporate agents know that too but if you don't know that they will run over you i can give you a quote process to go accomplish something within that arena even if it's a if it's something that I've done that has been successful for me and I know the results I know because I've walked it through and I've I've had the court case vacated the judge retired and the clerk stepped down and the attorney that came against me um he not only left the office he was working in he left the state of Indiana I know that. But if I give you the exact precise step-by-step thing that I've done, it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Because if you don't know, like if you don't have that knowingness, they'll walk right over you. And I'm not going to say who's to blame for that. We've been lied to and deceived, but the, it still comes back to, you are responsible for your actions, and I'm responsible for my actions, and I'm also responsible for swallowing a lie without questioning it, and so are you. So, if you're asking me the question that, well, how do I know, who, or who, where's the enforcement where was the enforcement for the three Hebrew men that were thrown in a fiery furnace? Do you think that they had a knowingness of who they are and what they uh, stand for? Or did they just believe that, you know, there's a pretty good possibility that God would protect them? No, they had a knowing. They knew where they stood They knew what house they were part of, what venue they were part of God's kingdom, and they didn't give that up. They knew, like, they were so confident in who they are and where they stand and what they know, they didn't even, they refused to even engage in the king's conversations. Like, we don't care to answer your question. Don't try to get us involved in your silly argument, is what they said, really. And they didn't. They refused to get involved in the argument. Because when you argue against someone, you uh, validate their position. So they had a knowing of who they are. And guess what? They walked out alive and well because they knew. Now, let me clarify something. I'm not talking about being arrogant and foolish. Discernment is a very valuable thing, and respect and honor is very good. And you don't have to be belligerent or arrogant or combative. As a matter of fact, if you are, you'll you'll be uh, you'll be consumed by the controversy and the fight. So I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about knowing, having this, this deep knowing within that I care about what other people think, but not that much. I care about what you think, but I'm not going to care enough about what you think that I'm going to violate my own convictions and my own values. Because when, when what I do, see, there's a center core here, and what I do is on one side and my values are on the other. End. And, and uh, when, those, when those are separated, they have to come together in the middle. Our word is our bond. Our creator honors his word above his name, and we should as well, because um, if our word isn't any good, then our name won't be any good either. Our word is more valuable than our name is, and our name will only have as much value as our word is. So having this knowing is the difference that little teeny weeny half inch difference between the, the, you know, 1 million or $2 million horse versus the uh hundred thousand dollar horse or whatever the second place is and whatever the first place is that little bitty difference that makes all the difference in the, in the, um, you know, the reward or the prize. That's how the knowingness works versus belief. See, I, there was a time that I believed that um, we could live peacefully outside of the confines of the of the statutory uh, Babylonian system. I, I, I've believed that for a long time. And then I came to a point of knowingness because I, the more I searched into it and the more I looked, the more I became convicted and, and I got to this place where I have a knowing. And finally it took a long time, but finally, I got to the point where I even know that my, my energy and my time and my resources, um, what I bring to the table is way too valuable to expend on being upset at some, anyone, really. It's not it's not worth my time. It, it doesn't, it doesn't pay. Um, it doesn't help anyone to be upset and there's nobody that deserves enough of my energy for me to get upset at them. Because being upset is a choice. Being at peace is a choice. Now, that's a knowing. It's a decision. It's a conviction that I came to. See, I've known for a long time that nobody can can force me to sign my name. when I was in uh, I was in a county jail up in um, here in Northern Indiana, I was in a county jail. And they wanted me to sign things. They wanted me to sign, you know, the book. They wanted me to sign this. They want the nurse wanted me to sign. Uh, they took me into a room on some stupid little class that didn't amount to a hill of beans. They wanted me to sign that I was there. Uh, the lady sent the clipboard around. everybody, you know, there's probably a dozen guys in there, and um, they they all signed, except for me. And when the meeting was done, which I thought was a waste of time, but I didn't have anything else going on anyway. So other than sit there. So after the meeting was done, she said, um, did everybody signed this, you know, she held the clipboard up and I raised my hand. I said, I did not. It's against my policies. And you know, when I said that she acknowledged the truth because she knew that I know. She she said something that she would have never said if I wouldn't have done what I did. If I'd have signed that, then this would have never been spoken by that woman in that meeting. She said, that's right. Nobody can force you to sign your name. It's a voluntary thing. That was because I knew. I mean really they already have me in a in a cot in behind concrete walls and iron doors and it, it's like so they took my bible they took my uh, little audio recorder that i had taken with me uh when i came in they took my clothes and all that and finally um after 30 days when at on the 30th day they uh, turned me loose because that's in in their um somehow in their twisted little game that's that's how long they can hold you without a contract and uh I come up and and uh they they take me into this room and there's a lady behind a glass window it's the property room there's a glass window bulletproof window with a little slot you know about I don't know six eight inches at the bottom by the shelf you know the little waist high. And she uh, slides a form out and she said, uh, sign here for your property. And I looked at it and I said, well, I suppose if you want a signature on there, then you're going to have to sign it. She goes, why? I said, well, because I choose not to. See, because I knew I know who I am and I know that I'm not going to, they took my stuff without my signature. They can give it back without my signature. I'm not, I'm not a rocket scientist, but I'm like not totally and completely stupid either. I'm not going to sign. I said, I choose not to. She grabs the paper and shoves my clothing and my property underneath that slot. She says, get dressed. she wasn't very happy with me, but you know what? I don't care because I know I didn't like, I didn't request to be there. That was their idea. So don't, you know, don't get upset with me. It's your problem. So when we know, like my, my boys go sliding down the mountainside on a snowboard. They know that they know that like, that's, they can do that. Me? No, no, thank you. But they have a knowing about them that, that enables them to do that. That's like, it's something they enjoy and they, um, it's amazing. It's amazing to watch. For me, but, or, you know, water skiing, snow skiing, and and a lot of those things. But when we have a knowing that that's, we can do that, uh, there's, there's all the way through life, there's going to be situations where you're going to be confronted with choices. And I'm going to venture to say that if the only thing that you're going on is a belief, that somebody handed to you, because see, if it's your own, you know. But if it's a belief, if if the only thing you have is belief, it's probably something that somebody else handed to you, and you don't really own it, because if you would own it, then you would know. Okay. It would be yours you you literally know because it's it's in here it's internal i know and if the only thing you have to go on is a belief that well you know i hope see we were taught in the religious arena that we're not allowed to know for sure anything certain but yet the same people would make these, you know, these quotes. There's only two things sure in life, and that's death and taxes. What a lie. What a lie. That's a lie from the pit of hell. There is nothing sure about death and taxes. I know is our body going to eventually wear out and, and quit functioning. Most people do, although not everyone, some people, some people elevate in their frequency and they transition. But even if your body dies, the, the flesh and blood vessel, that's only um you know, a carriage to operate in while we're here. It's not who we really are. We're a spirit having a human experience in a flesh and blood experience. And taxes are a choice. It's a voluntary choice. There's no, there's nothing in God's law, the laws of nature's that, that supports that. It's a choice of uh, who we serve and who we pay tribute to. So, with that, I'm going to say, own it. If you're going to do it, own it. Whatever it is, own it. And uh, not as in uh, owning everything you see around you. You know, we put things in trust because we don't want physical ownership. I'm saying, own your convictions, own your knowingness of who you are and what you're up to and where you stand. Standing is a good thing, but know where you stand and own it. Others around you will treat you very differently at that point. I'm going to put the uh, memoirs of a farmer dot com link in the description of this uh, broadcast. Have an amazing day until next time.